What up, DTP fam? few words before we kick off this episode of the show. First off, I want to go ahead and thank you for listening to this episode, whether you are streaming or downloading this episode off the website, on iTunes, on Spotify. Maybe you're one of our iHeartRadio listeners as we just got on there, so we want to say welcome to you guys. If you're a new listener to the show, maybe you want to consider hitting that subscribe button. It would help us out very much. Or if you want to help us out Even more than that, I would like to mention our great sponsors that help me bring this show to you for free every single week. First off, I gotta talk about Collar and Elbow. If you're looking for some sick, hot new streetwear, head on over to the Collar and Elbow web store. And if you plug in the code DTP, you're gonna go ahead and save yourself 10% off your order. And of course, I gotta tell you guys about Audible. If you guys go ahead to www.audibletrial.com DTP, not only are you gonna get yourself one free audiobook, you're also gonna get yourself one free month of the Audible service on the house from your boys here at the DTP. All right, let's kick this off. Music. Athletics, arts, and entertainment. The Desert Tiger Podcast with Colton Geschwader. Woo! Episode 32. Here with me, your host, Colton G, on the DTP. And you guys best be ready, because my guest today is Toronto, Ontario's Ill Vibe. Illy is a hip-hop artist who has been grinding his way up for years and he has been breaking out of that Toronto scene even out of the Eastern Canadian hip-hop scene he is going worldwide he has played stages and festivals all over the place he has shared stages with the likes of Chris Brown and Wiz Khalifa he was named the number two rapper in Toronto of course running up to Drake by Now Magazine in 2016, and the man is making his own legacy. Besides his music, he is also very passionate about film, photography, design, and spends a lot of his time, his downtime, I guess, it's not even downtime, because he's busy creating content for other artists and musicians, because he is the man behind LyricVids.com, Maybe you've heard about it. This man is an entrepreneur, he is a musician, he is a creator, and he likes to do it all with a positive attitude. He has a very good mindset, and he is very real about his expectations, not only in the rap game, but in the music industry altogether. But of course, we are also going to talk to him about his Fire album that drops today. If you're listening to the episode the day that it drops and the album drops, that is 420. So you guys know that you want to grab this while you are celebrating 420. If you're grabbing it any other generic day of the week, you should still turn this album up. It is fantastic. We are going to be talking about some of the work behind the album some of the inspirations we're going to get all down and dirty and behind the scenes on that one. So I hope you guys are ready for that. 
But of course, before we get into that, I hope you guys have one twisted and ready. I hope you're ready to buckle in, because Ilya is about to take you on a trip to Woklahoma. I don't got no hoodie rats, I'm not that good at that, I tried the hard shit, it was hard, I had to put it back, now I'm on a cul-de-sac, cooling with a billionaire, kid I'm feeling brilliant, can't believe it, hold up, am I really here? I am barely wrapped, just know that I ain't sold no crack before, and anti-violence, can't believe that it's the status quo, ain't trying to preach, it's just I'm wondering where the beach is, and I'm hoping that you join me, we can smoke under the bleachers, feeling hurt, feeling weak, live it up and then even feeling broke, feeling beat, feeling jump up in the deep and feeling woke. How you doing, Colton? I am fantastic. I love it. Love it too, man. Love it too. Alright, so you're kicking it up in Toronto, hey? Yes, sir. Alright, freaking across Canada. Where are you based? I am based in Kamloops, British Columbia. Oh, wow, way on the other side. I've uh, 
over the years, Kamloops has been one of the places, I guess they've got like uh, a good local university radio station, and they've always been really supportive of my music. Pretty much every album uh, they give lots of spins to, so shout out to Kamloops. Yeah, yeah. We love you out here, man. Our actual, our, lo- <laughs> our local hip hop scene is pretty tight, man. We we do good. Yeah, I've heard shows. good things. I've never been out to BC yet, just because Canada's so big um, that even when I toured to Alberta, the what it would require to kind of get into BC and properly do it, um, it's like a whole other country, bro. <laughs> like when you're in Europe, BC is like a whole other country away. It's many countries away. When compared to europe oh um, yeah man. But yeah of it's course like, you're in europe you can jump on a train and it's 15 minutes away it's like canada exactly. it's like oh i need to jump in a van and drive eight hours to the next place i can play a show what oh it's yeah yeah exactly exactly <laughs> all right all right man so we're gonna get into your new album ill gravity in a little bit first but of course we want sure. to get into the beginning of the man's career, the beginning of where Ill Vibes started out. So when did your love of hip-hop develop? When did you decide you wanted to get into it and give it a try? I think my love for hip-hop started the same time everyone did. You know, uh, I'm of a generation where we watched hip-hop grow from this super grassroots thing to somewhat recently it's become, you know, the number one played genre on the radio around the world um or at least we hit number one in north america um and so i know i i i'm the right age that i was you know 13 years old listening to buster rhymes and tribe called question so i fell in love with it the same time everybody did so if you know I me mean, if you're a hip-hop head it was probably around the same time you would have heard your first hip-hop song you like you know and and i'm just i just caught that wave mm-hmm. um you know my my thing is uh, being, I'm, an, I'm, I'm a half Italian guy uh, from a small town, not a small town, but a small city uh, out here. And so I remember when I did fall in love with hip hop, um, there was no Italian rappers. There were no white rappers that I'd ever heard of. There was no Canadian rappers I had ever heard of. There was no, um, you know, certainly nobody from my area. And then as I, as my knowledge base grew, I found out that there were Canadian rappers. You know what I mean? I started hearing about the Maestro Fresh Wests and the Chocolaires and the Rascals of the world. And then that's when I knew it was possible. I'm like, oh, look, there's superstars from, you know, from my country. And now I'm, now I'm blessed enough to call most of those people my friends. And it's, uh, it's, been, it's been a fun journey to really start out as like a fan and to wonder if there was even anybody else in my country who loved it as much as me. Yeah. And then here I am, you know, 20 years later and um, making a living and having the best time of my life doing it. See, that's fantastic, man. That's awesome how a dream can just start like that. So, like, were mm-hmm. you watching much music or, like, were you hearing the stuff I don't on remember. Radio, or? I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember where I heard it first. Uh, hip-hop was everywhere. You know, I do remember the acts that I heard. The acts that really caught my uh, attention early was Busta Rhymes. That's where my name, Ill Vibe, comes from. It was an early, early Busta Rhymes song. Yeah. Um, I, was, uh, I was a big Wu-Tang fan. Uh, 36 Chambers, and in particular Method Man, that was my shit. I loved Meth. Meth is the reason I still rap with a raspy voice today. I probably have a lower voice now, like the voice you're hearing right now, because at like 13 to 16 years old, I broke my voice trying to sound like Method Man. <laughs> you know, I was just I was just like killing my throat trying to do the M E G H O, and then so about you know 20 years later, uh, my voice box is wrecked. Now I just sound like this. Um, but yeah, I came up on that, man. East coast hip hop was the stuff I guess I heard first, first, mm-hmm. you know, I had, I, I had every Nas album. 
I had every Busta album. I fell in love with Tribe Called Quest right before they they kind of uh, took their uh, hiatus. Yeah. And so that was my that was my thing, man. I just uh, you know lyrical but feel good music. Mm-hmm. Um, and meanwhile, my dad listened to classic rock. My dad listened to Motown, and so that's where all the songwriting and the musical elements come from. And then you put it all together, and that's just the uh, the weird mix that is me, man understandable understandable so when did you first put together your like your first mixtape like what age i don't even i don't even remember uh i guess the first thing i ever made in high school was a little thing called funk justice with some friends of mine and it was kind of like it was really like let's practice and see like how do you take a beat and put words on it and, and you know let's book a recording studio it was literally like you know rubbing two sticks together trying it for the first time um, and I, I don't think there's much there to talk about other than, you know, it's, you know, LeBron James taking his first jump shot. It's, and, and I'm not LeBron James, but you know what I mean? It's that first yeah. step that just mostly what the takeaway is. It's like, Hey, you know, day one, um, since then, you know, I, I, I measure my career in like phases because I'm a keener man. I'm, I work hard. I get up every morning, like what's the new thing I can do today. And so, you know, in my teenage years and my early twenties, I put out like 12, poorly mixed albums <laughs> and mixtapes, you know what I mean? And it was just like me learning how to rap, me learning how to write songs, me learning how, you know, what was my style going to be? What was the ill vibe brand and my persona? And I was just really going through the motions and trying to find it. And then right around 2016 is when I really started to take things seriously. And mm-hmm. I really started to kind of like, put my money where my mouth is and try to t- kind of take steps in the right direction. And I released an album called fire breather. Uh, it did pretty good, you know, earshot radio charts and some love from the uh, King Strombo and like those types of things. And so a little bit of love on the first album. And then the last two years since then, it's just been about prepping this anti-gravity album that's coming. And that's, it's really all hands on deck. It's no longer practice time. You know what I mean? This is no longer me figuring out who I am and what I'm about. This is us moving on all cylinders with a big-ass team behind us, and I've got a team of producers, and, you know, uh, we really know what we're doing now, and I know who I am now, and we made a really great album, man, and I'm really excited about it. Man, like, I'm excited for people to hear it because it's fantastic. I've been crushing it, man. It's, whew, whew. Thank you, man. I appreciate (laughs) it. We have uh, the second single coming out this weekend, uh, it's getting debuted on Strombo's show on CBC, and that will be the first anybody hears uh, a song called Oklahoma. And Oklahoma, I'm super nervous about it, just because it's like, it's the only time I've ever tried to put like sense of humor into one of my singles and really put my personality, like the guy that you're talking to now, with some jokes and some vibes, and put that into a single so you can really get a sense of who I am uh, the Oklahoma is the closest thing to that. You know, there's jokes in there. We talk about political correctness. We kind of poke fun at it a little bit. And at the same time, it's danceable and upbeat and fun. And, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm in that quiet before the storm. We're like four or five days before people start hearing it. And I'm just excited to hear, you know, what do people think about this crazy creation of ours? Mm-hmm, no doubt. I mean, that actually might be my favorite song on the album. Hey, so I think it's gonna that's do good, good. That's good. I think it's going to do just fine that's awesome <laughs> it's a, it's a real feel-good tune man like it just gets me dancing in the morning and it's just like it's it's just it picks you up 
well, that's it. You know, in, at a time when hip-hop is very down-tempo, and I actually really like down-tempo. I'm walking around my house thinking God's plan all the time. Um, but that's not kind of what I want to contribute to it, mm-hmm. is I think there's enough of that down-tempo, melodic, um, inter- introspective trap music, and I love it. Love it. But that's not my contribution. I think my contribution is going to be upbeat, vibes, make you smile when you didn't see it coming, a little Pharrell, little Calvin Harris, little maybe a little CeeLo before he, before he started dropping date rate drugs in people's drinks. Uh, but, like, um, you know, like those type of, like, fun, funky, positive vibes. You know, Kendrick Lamar I is one of my favorite all-time songs. And it's songs like that that we, I brought into the studio and I showed my boy Meyer. Meyer Clarity is an artist on my label. He's the executive producer of my album. And I was feeding all these influences into his head, all these funky, upbeat influences. Everything from you know, Kendrick I to Calvin Harris Slide to um, you know, some fun Pharrell songs. And it's just like, man, this is the universe I want to live in. I want to live in this universe where you know, it's unexpected and it's larger than life and it you know, makes you want to dance. You know, that's my favorite thing. And there are certainly tracks on the album that aren't danceable. The whole album isn't like a disco fever. There's some R&B mm-hmm. records. We got a love ballad. We got a couple of slowed down records. But in general, I think my contribution is this: like pack that album as much full of life and vibes as you possibly can. You know. Oh, for sure. It's got like it's full of all sorts of different sounds and tempos for sure. Because like for the fam, sort of got like that nice slow rhythm and like mm-hmm. that it grows with like grown ass man. Like fucking that one is just killer too. Hey. <laughs> You know what's fun about Grown Ass Man is when I first did it, um, I wasn't sure what people were going to think. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of me, uh, real talk, it's kind of me exploring uh, the, my inner Anderson Pac. You know what I mean? Like, I love, yeah. I, I've been making soulful hip-hop like that for a long time. But when Kendrick came around, he really empowered me to like, oh, I don't, it's not about punchlines. You can really get into the flow and have it be about the, the melody of your, of your flow. And I really like, it really invigorated me. And then I felt like Pac took it to that next place where it was like, oh, you can, you can take that flow that you're rapping with melodic and you can lay into it. And it really empowered me to do kind of what I was already doing, but to see it work so well and to see how much the world loved it, it really empowered me to get in, to get into that voice. And we do that on Oklahoma and we do that on a couple of the records, but I think grown ass man is the one where we fully like lay into it. I barely rap. I'm kind of singing all of the bars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I put, when I played it on the road, I was really like, I don't know what people are going to think. Like for the, for sure going to think it's fun, but maybe they'll be like, Oh, what was that? You know what I mean? And then we did it one show and by the time the hook came back around the whole place was singing along everyone's dancing and hooting along with the beat and i was just like oh snap they get it like they this weird little thing that we made it translates they kind of get what we're trying to do and Mm -hmm. uh, i don't know there's a better feeling than that you know oh man it's it's, without a doubt you gotta love when people are vibing what you're throwing down because it's just like it's so good because you know that it's coming from you yeah, yeah, it feels really great, man. And if you make music from a genuine place, you know, you make it from a place of like, you know, what do I love? And let me try to create something that I that I really, really love. The kind of song that you want to play on loop, you know? If you really do that, mm-hmm. when people fuck with it, nothing feels better than that. Because you know you really made it based on what's in your heart, not just as a to duplicate what's 
you know, on the charts in that moment. Not that I don't hate people to do that, but that's not my method. Um, but when you really make it from, you know, what do you love musically? What really makes you tick? Mm-hmm. And then people respond to that thing. Uh, you know, I, that's the high that I'm always chasing. I can't get enough of that. Well, without a doubt, it's it. It's, there's a lot of people that do like to go with what the hottest trend is. And I mean, I understand doing that, but it's just it is like, you can go just as fast as the trend does if you actually like set in your own vibe your own sound your own voice and like actually make that your own you've got that for years yes you're right it's very intuitive of you brother because uh i talked to a lot of young artists about that that um and jay-z said it on his new netflix interview with uh david letterman i was watching earlier he says if you make music based on what's hot now you will be successful. Not everybody, obviously, but mm-hmm. um, you, you, know, you, you certainly can be successful that way by replicating what's hot and, and doing it, like really executing that well. You know, if Ariana Grande is hot, you finding somebody who looks and sounds a bit like her, you can be successful that way. But you'll really struggle when it comes to longevity. You're, you're going to struggle making that forever music if your entire purpose is just to replicate what's hot in the moment. And so it depends what your goal is. You know, if, mm-hmm. if you're the kind of artist that you go, hey, I'm not trying to worry about making music that I can listen to in 10 years and really stand behind. I'm not trying to build a global brand or a legacy. I'm not trying to operate at that level. I really just want to do this thing that I love well. You know, if you're loving Drake sound and you want to replicate that and do that really well, that's a lane. And I and, and a lot of the time, those guys are really successful. You know, I think in a lot of ways, that's what Tory Lanez was. He's, mm-hmm. he's, very, he's very gifted, but he's certainly... Um, it's kind of like a chameleon at making whatever's hot in the moment. Um, and now he, will he be successful long-term? I think probably, uh, but that's not, I don't think that's his goal. And so someone like me, I come at it where I try to write songs about experiences that everybody can relate to and really write them in a timeless way, not really just try to copy a flow that's hot from a record that's on the radio in that moment. Because even the way I build my music, you know, I'm writing songs for next year right now. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm working with features, my favorite artists in independent music. Yeah, people that I see making moves, someone like Cryptic Wisdom, who's really killing it in the U.S., uh, or, or a T-Zank, or a Socrates, um, you know, I'm working with them for songs for next year, and I can't predict what the trend is going to be next year. All I can do is try to make something that, for various reasons, pushes all the emotional buttons, is super well-produced, has some really nice moments in the record, and I think that's how you earn respect as, like, a songwriter and as, like, as like a real one, you know, this mm-hmm. people can really feel that you're building stuff from scratch and you're not just turning it around in two weeks based on a remix of like whatever just came out on the radio last week, you know? Yeah, for sure. Without a doubt. I mean, you want to make actual fans out of this stuff and you mm-hmm. actually want to stand out. And if you're actually trying to worry about yourself and not what's hot, because if you're worried about what's hot, you're going to get caught in the past because everybody else is doing that exact same thing. So you, like, you're right. What you're doing, like you got to try and do your own thing because that possibly could end up being that next thing that everybody is trying to copy. And the way the music's going is things are always evolving forward and fragmenting further. You know, you think about rock music and, you know, in, in when it first came out, it was one thing. And now there's like, you know, contemporary rock and, you know, there's acid rock and um, dream rock and punk rock and metal rock and scream rock and industrial rock. Hip hop has done the same thing. You know, we still call it just hip hop, but you know, what Lil Peep does and what Black Thought does and what, you know, Feral Monch does and what Lil Dicky does is very different. 
You know, those are um, mm. essentially different genres, in my opinion, or at least subgenres. And so, you know, if you follow that, you know, I, I consider myself um, a connoisseur of this business. I've been trying to make a living in this business since I was a kid, bro. And so I study these lines. I graph it the way people graph stocks and trends on tech stocks, you know. And the way it looks is it's, it's fragmenting and new sounds are more accepted than ever. And people who do unique things that no one's ever heard of, uh, as long as it's done well, it's, the people are super open to that. I would have thought 10 years ago there'd be no market for a little picky. You know, just like super white, you know, he's like an account manager from a marketing company type guy. Mm-hmm. This is the furthest thing from hip hop. But it's so well done. It's so well executed. And he knows who he is. And it works. And so my thing is not that. You know, I'm not a little dicky. I'm not Mac Miller. I'm none of these white boys. What I do is different. I approach things almost like a classic rock dude, you know, fell in love with hip hop. There's funk. There's songwriting. We cross genres. Um, it's very different than what, than what those guys do. And so I've, I'm just going to continue to double down on that. You know, I've really found this lane that I'm in, and I think, you know, it's too late to go back and try to be Tory Lanez. It's too late for me to try to go back and be an OVO artist. Um, and so I think the right move for me is to continue making this kind of weirdo, unique, ill-vibe music that I've been making uh, and just see where that takes me. And I'm having the time of my life, man. I'm sitting here in my podcast studio right now mm-hmm. uh, chatting with you about my music, and, you know, I can't help but think doing, my, doing me and being myself is what got me here, and I think that's what's going to get me to the next step as well. Well, absolutely. I mean, if you're going to try and be honest and put out honest music, who better to be than yourself? That's it, man. That's it. Absolutely. And people can, people can detect authenticity, you know? There's a lot of competition. I mean, if you have a, you have a podcast, so you know a little bit about this. There's a lot of competition for, people, for people's attention, you know, for what they're going to put in their little ear holes. Um, what they're going to put on their iPods and on their, on their, uh, on their playlists and on their podcast apps and in their phone on their Spotify. And at all times you're competing for that space. And I try to keep that in mind. So I'm very gracious. I appreciate people when they send me a screenshot of them, you know, playlisting my song or playing my song. I thank them very much for their time and attention and taking the energy to send it to me. You know, mm-hmm. I think about how hard, how much do I need to like somebody before I start doing that stuff? You know, I have to really be, like, I'm loving the new Cardi B album. I am loving it, and I know I've been tweeting about it and stuff, uh, and that's very rare for me. So when someone sends me a tweet, when someone sends me a DM, when someone sends me a screenshot, I think, like, how much am I loving something when I screenshot it? I'm really fucking with it when I screenshot it. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I, I try not to get numb to that stuff. You know, I'm not world famous with millions and millions of messages, but when they come in, it's really easy to be like, you know, thanks, and like, you know, that's normal. But that's not normal. <laughs> it's not normal for a stranger to send you a screenshot of them loving your ideas and your energy on, you know, somewhere else in the world. They've never even met you, but they're really fucking with your energy. That's cool, man. That's magic. You know, I'm very appreciative of that. Um, and so I think people who mess with me, uh, you know, they want to see me win and they want to be a part of that journey with mm-hmm. me. Definitely. It's also really humbling as well, because it just lets you know that you're actually making an impact on people, like enough of an impact where they actually want to share that impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm big on that, man. And even like, I know a lot of, I'm different than a lot of rappers. You know, if you follow a lot of rappers on social media, um, they're very stoic. They try not to give too many shout outs because they want the attention to be on them. That's not really how I do it. That's not really been my uh, method of success. Mm-hmm. You know, I shout people out when, you know, uh, somebody helps me with make something happen. I just booked 
Today I booked uh, Hip Hop Kemp. It's a festival in Czech Republic. It's one of the biggest hip hop festivals in the world. Impossible to get on this festival. Even if you have a resume, it's impossible to get on this festival. Yeah. Um, but because I've been touring Europe for a couple of years and I played some other festivals out there, uh, one yeah. of the festival owners I know from playing his festival a couple of years ago, uh, he put in a good word with me with the Hip Hop Kemp guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that and some other work I've been putting in, uh, before you know it, you're on, a, on another big fest. And so, you know, I think a lot of rappers would smoke and mirrors that and be like, I'm the most famous rapper in the world and they wanted a piece of me. But that's not, again, that's not my method of success. That, that works for some people. What I prefer to do is so, yo, shout out Fat Philly. He's the guy mm-hmm. who helped me plug in down at Hip Hop Camp. That's the festival. And then you got Fat Philly retweeting you and being like, you're a real one for thanking me. And, you know, I, it's, a, it's a real authentic, transparent relationship. I'm not gassing up or smoking mirrors. And then the festival already knows that's what's up. You know what I mean? And now mm-hmm. my fans see that. I'm letting them in behind the scenes, like, hey, how do, how do I get on these big festivals? You don't have to ask me. I'll give you some sense of how I do that. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's really been my method of success is transparency and authenticity um, mm-hmm. and, and, and giving shout-outs and showing love. Uh, I go on tour, and you know, one of my opening acts on the road, I got his Facebook page or his Instagram page at the end of the tour, and all the pictures are for me because I'm, I shout him out more than he tags himself in things. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean, and yeah. and again, that's been that's been a big part of my success. Is like I like making a lot of noise. I like having a, a lot of fun and really amplifying things. Uh, if you're looking for a quiet rapper, there's a lot of those guys. You know, I'm a big fan of Belly. He's real quiet. Uh, I'm a loud motherfucker. <laughs> that's my that's, that's my thing. <laughs> it's understandable, man, because it's it is you're giving people an inside view on how do you actually take these steps. How do you build it? You got a network. You do. One of my heroes is a guy named Gary Vee. Um, you know who Gary Vee is? Uh, I do not. Oh, bro. Fill me Honestly, in. Will, you make me a, will you make me a promise right now? I will make you a promise. Okay. Uh, having chatted with you and, and reading the synopsis of what your podcast is about, Gary Vee is one of my internet gurus, and he really inspires my hunger and my motivation and my transparent philosophies. You know, these are things I've always done. Yeah. Um, but when you start to when you start to find like-minded people on the interwebs who have even more success than you have using those same philosophies in their business, yeah, it really inspires you to be that and really double down on those mentalities that you already have. So Gary Vee's a guy who believes in all pretty much everything I've said this whole podcast uh, is stuff that he echoes as well. Except for he's way more successful because he's worth like a hundred million dollars now and owns like an ad agency, so on and so forth. But he's the same thing. He goes online and. He tells you how he made his money. He walks you through all his tricks. He uh, shouts out his fans. He he does all the things that I do. Um, and it's not just him and it's not just me. Mm-hmm. I think you're, there's a lot of successful people in this modern era where it's about building a community. It's about sharing knowledge. And it's, yeah. about, uh, it's about being, you know, the headline celebrity, but also being the dude who hits people back in a minute and, like, chats with them. And I think that's, that's what a 2018... Uh, 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 leader looks like and I fancy myself not just an entertainer but a leader definitely without a doubt it actually Gary V sounds a lot like Tom Bilyeu who uh, founded Quest Energy and runs this YouTube channel Impact Theory cool and he does the yep. exact same thing and so yeah. like I am definitely going to have to get into Gary V yeah check it out and once now that I told you about him it's going to be one of those things where once you know about it you're going to be you're going to keep seeing it everywhere because Gary V other than DJ Khaled he probably won the internet last year that, that motherfucker became like a household name in 12 months. 
uh, including uh, got, got on my radar. And listen, that's that's my whole thing, man. Is if someone's listening to this, you know, I have a podcast as well. My podcast is called Damaged Goods. Um, if anywhere anywhere you find me on socials, this information on how to subscribe to my podcast is uh, right behind. Um, and this is what I do. I, I I work from home, running this podcast and running my music business and my record label, twenty four seven. I create content. I engage with people. I chat with people. Um, and I really fancy myself a twenty four seven. Uh, I'm, I'm ill vibe 24 seven. It's not like I punch in and do this for a show. And then for the next three weeks, I'm at an accounting firm doing something else. Uh, no, I'm, I'm here every day producing content and talking this talk like we're talking right now mm-hmm. and networking and building and traveling. Uh, and I really urge anybody who's listening, who feels the vibe and, uh, and wants to reach out to do so. Without a doubt, man, they definitely should. It's, it's how you build a network. It's, you got to actually get out there. Mm-hmm. It's it. Is mm-hmm. I actually started hooking up with a Sirius XM radio dude, and he's been hooking me up with interviews. And it's like just cool. that, just that one step. Like I retweeted him and something, and then he just yep. like got into my show. Uh, yeah, I do a little bit of Sirius. Uh, so the Sirius XM office is down here in Toronto, mm-hmm. and so I do a little bit of Sirius XM on the Canada Talk station. Nice. Um, I'll be there. I'll be there this week. I do fill in spots. Uh, if I think networking and being open to opportunities is a real way forward. Uh, whether you're a, you know, a musician, a podcaster, or even if you work in a different business, you're a real estate agent or whatever you do, um, being open to those opportunities and how you process opportunities as they come, as they, as they come in, that's a big part of, of winners, man. Winners are great at knowing winning opportunities, you know, and noticing them when they come across their table. Um, and I never miss a win ever. <laughs> that's that's it is you gotta jump on it while it's there or else somebody else is gonna gobble it that's it man Fuck. you got a really good mentality man i like it <laughs> listen brother i've always always been a weirdo that's me since i was a kid and it wasn't always this positive because it wasn't always working for me you know when i was in high yeah. school and i was a weirdo and I, was, and I was getting chased off the bus i was not nearly this positive about it i i didn't yet know that my kind of approach to things was going to be successful. So, you know, there's periods in my life where I was definitely not in this positive mentality. But tell you what, bro, if you are doing your own thing by beating your own drum, on your own path, however you want to word it, and down the road somewhere, you start living your actual dreams, not just like life's pretty good, but like your actual dreams. You know, I get to yeah. tour the world. I'm, I played 11 different countries uh, in 12 months uh, with my music coming from a small city in Canada as an Italian kid, you know what I mean? Like, and so I got to smile ear to ear, dude. Like that's, there's nothing more than I can say. Then, uh, I wake up every day and I'm excited about what's, what's in my email inbox. I'm excited about what's happening on my phone. Um, and that's really what everybody wants. Whether you're trying to win the lottery, whether you go to university, ultimately what you're trying to get to is that spot where every day you wake up and you're doing what you love to do. Um, and that's what I, that's the part of that. That's why I'm in such a good mood because you know for a long time I wasn't sure if that was going to be the case. Uh, here I sit, and I'm 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 very happy. I got a long way to go. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a household name yet. I never had a Billboard chart yet. Uh, I never had a top forty record yet. But they're coming. I'm working on those on those next. Well, hopefully it comes sooner than later. But thank you, I, bro. I I got some faith in it. Mm. But it's it is it's appreciate you. you. 
thank you thank you but it's it is it's you have to be able to because like i understand that too because like i was somebody who really didn't have a lot of faith in myself back in high school and situations mm-hmm. like that and it's like once you escape and you can actually develop who you are and understand like what your actual dreams want to be it's like mm-hmm. that's that's beautiful and that's the key i try to keep it universal like that because it's really easy to talk about you know, working with famous rappers and, and stuff. Um, but that doesn't apply to everybody, you know. And, and if you're working at Wendy's right now, I worked at Little Caesars Pizza for years, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's a leg, there's a way up and out from there to whatever the thing is that you, that you want to be, whatever it is that's going to make you smile when you wake up in the morning, whatever it is that's going to make you excited to check your emails and your phone and not anxious and nervous to check your emails and your phone. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Gary B, Gary B said something like, someone once asked him, uh, you know, give me five words to inspire me every day. And the five words he chose were, you are going to die. <laughs> and that's honestly, and that's honestly how I think about it. It's like, you know, one of these days, bro, one of these days I'm not going to be here. And I want the people around me to say, it's amazing what he accomplished while he was here. And that's sort of a dark way to end it. But I don't really say, I don't say that in a dark way. I mean that in a positive way in that, you know, right now I'm alive. Right now I'm healthy. I'm sipping on some scotch right now. And uh, I try to enjoy every moment knowing full well that it's not permanent absolutely absolutely it's it is like once a lot of people don't understand is like once you leave all that you really have behind is what you've accomplished and the memories that you Mm -hmm. behind in people's minds so it's it is you have to get out there and actually do something if you want to be remembered if you want to be and not everybody wants to be i got homies who are shy you know they like to play behind the scenes and that's cool too because the key is remember what we said the key is just being happy man waking up every day and being happy regardless of what you do um you know that's really the, that's really the link for for anybody who's listening doesn't matter what you do you know not everybody could be a rapper if everybody was a rapper uh, the world wouldn't work so well so uh, <laughs> i'll do my thing you do your thing they do their thing but hopefully everybody is, is focusing on happiness and and spending their life doing things that uh, that fulfill them Oh, I'm a legacy guy, so I, I do worry about what people are going to think about me when I'm gone, uh, and so I try to fill the world for the value while I'm here, you know? I, I understand that exactly. I used to have the shy guy mentality, so I can understand both sort of situations. <laughs> totally, yeah. The Desert Tiger Podcast. All right, you guys, we still have a lot more of this conversation with Ill Vibe coming at you right away, so don't go anywhere, but one thing you might want to do is twist one up because me and Illy are about to do a cross Canada salute hoot from Kamloops to Toronto. So if you guys want to join in on that, have one ready to go after I play a song that we talked about a little bit earlier in the show. And after I tell you about our great sponsors that help me bring you this show for free every single week. So first off, I gotta tell you guys about Collar and Elbow. You already heard me tell you at the top of the show that if you use the code DTP when you're checking it out at the Collar and Elbow web store, that you're gonna save yourself 10% on your order. But have you heard me tell you just about how stylish and comfortable this Collar and Elbow clothing is? Have you actually checked out that traditional style, the Grizzled World Champion shirt? And you guys know I love that traditional style because pretty much every tattoo I have is traditional. Have you checked out that often imitated, never duplicated, two lion shirt? Have you checked 
out the high maneuver risk the high risk maneuver i'm so excited for this clothing i can't even pronounce the names of it properly that's how fresh it is that is how sick it is and when you use the code dtp when you are checking out you're gonna save yourself 10% on whatever it is you buy. So go ahead, cop yourself some fresh new streetwear from collar and elbow. Use the code DTP while you're at it. Save yourself some money, get yourself some new clothes. You're gonna look good. All right, you guys, we are gonna play another track off of that fire album, Anti-Gravity, one that I think is gonna be making a huge difference in the Canadian hip-hop game. This track is called Grown Ass Man. Uh-huh. What do you want from me? What do you want from me? What do you want? What do you want from me? Know what you want me to prove? I'ma be the same motherfucker, no change, and I ain't fucking with you. I'm cool, my baby is a 20, she a 10 times 2 Give me blinding, give me red dice too We gonna build like all the empires do You wanna roll with that depends on you What do you want from me? Now what you want me to prove? I'ma be the same motherfucker, no change and I ain't fucking with you You ain't pat poops Whack crews with the same tattoos If someone had to say it, it was way past due And lately shit is heavy gravity times two I'm getting ready by the seaside fool Stop calling, I'ma be right through Kid, I'm trying to make an entrance, you could be my move What do you want from me? Now what you want me to prove? I'ma be the same motherfucker, no change And I ain't fucking with you I'm a grown ass man I had to 
guys that was grown ass man off anti-gravity i hope you enjoy it just as much as i do i think that is a sick song so we are gonna get back into that interview with ill vibe right away but of course i need to take some time to sit down and talk about audible with you guys if you're like me, maybe you're on the road a lot, maybe you're working, maybe you just don't have the time to actually put your eyes on a book, maybe you don't like reading, maybe you would prefer to hear that book in audio form. Well, let me tell you how your friends at Audible and the Desert Tiger podcast are going to help you out with that. Audible has literally thousands upon thousands upon thousands of different books. So whether you're looking for motivation, inspiration, fiction, nonfiction, fantasy, sci-fi, whatever it is you are into, they have it and you can get one free audiobook and one free month of the Audible service by simply going to www.audibletrial.com DTP. Once again, to get a free audiobook and a free month of the Audible service, you simply just go over to www.audibletrial.com DTP. It's that simple. It's that easy. Get your hands on a book like The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Maybe get started on the Game of Thrones series. Maybe re Catch up on Harry Potter. Maybe you've never read Harry Potter. Get into that. Whatever it is, you got one free book to try it out. Get it started. So what are you waiting for? All right, you guys, it's that time. That time to get back into this interview with Ilvibe. The Desert Tiger Podcast. All right, so I, I said in a tweet earlier that we should do a salute cross Canada salute hoot. You want to spark one up? Oh, fuck yeah. Salute. What is that again? Salute hoot. Oh, you're t- I thought that's what you said, but I didn't want to presume. Yeah, I, I rolled up to I, I'm doing a podcast right after I get off the phone with you today. And so I got everything set up. I got four pre-rolls. Right here, uh, I got my podcast studio. Got the cameras all set up. I got the I got the lights all set up, and I got uh, splits in my hands. So I'm gonna light it up right now. Sick. Camloops, BC. I've never been to Camloops, bro. Nice. Well, hopefully you can make it here sometime. If you come out, maybe I can put on a show. Yo, I'm working on that uh, as we speak. I'm in the middle of uh, negotiations with some booking agent types, um, and if all else fails, I'll hit the road myself, like I've done in the past. Because I really would love to come out to BC, um, even to play some small gigs, just because I know I've got some fans and some people and some you know internet friends and all those types that live on the West Coast, and they've never had a chance to come see me because the closest I've ever been is like a day long drive from them. So mm-hmm. um, whether I played you know I played uh, Oregon and I played Alberta, but I've never made it all the way into that that West Coast uh, of Canada. So that's got to come up real soon. Yes, you do. I'm sure we will appreciate it very, very much. There it is. Yeah, yeah. Lighten it up from coast to coast. Toronto to Kamloops. Salute. Who across Canada? Whoop, whoop. If you ever come out to Toronto, uh, oh, that was real Canadian. If you ever come out to Toronto, <laughs> uh, you got to come You gotta come be on my podcast, bro. Uh, uh, damaged Goods. 
Uh, people can add us on any podcast app. It's, uh, Damaged Goods Pod is the easiest way to find us. Um, yeah, man, it's me and my fiance, and we have an, uh, tonight. We're going to interview a guy named Tragic from the rap group Philly Moves. Do you know who Philly Moves is? I do not. Yeah, they're really dope. Sick, uh, sick. Yeah, so we're going to have uh, one of the dudes through here tonight. Yeah. Sick. So let's get into that. Let's talk a little bit about damaged goods. When did you sure. and your fiance make the decision to make your podcast together? We launched it in uh, the beginning of this year. At the beginning of this year, we started telling people, you know, podcast coming. I had flirted with a couple podcast ideas over the years, um, but never had really quite how to found something for myself. And I'm a big fan of this medium. Even you can tell just from how how we're chatting today. I really love to share ideas. I love yeah, to talk. Absolutely. Um, so we, the way it started was I said to my fiance, uh, hey, that podcast that you wanted to start for a while, I want to start one too. Why don't we start a podcast together? And she said, yeah, that's a great idea. And then she woke up one day and I was uh, tearing furniture out of our spare bedroom. And I was building uh, what was eventually going to become our podcast studio. So now we have an entire room with a whole decorated wall with faux brick and all of our favorite memorabilia from traveling around the world and posters and uh, and some microphones and cool lights, and we literally built this studio that we only use for podcasts, but it really gives the podcast a vibe. And uh, and for real, what's so funny was we built the studio and the backdrop before we'd ever done a minute of podcasting. Um, but I'm such a fan of the medium, and I really wanted ours to have something special that you weren't going to get anywhere else. And so I felt that even before we did our first episode, I wanted to have something really uniquely us and this uh, and the studio was going to be it and so that was step one we spent february building it we mm-hmm. launched it in march and tonight we're going to record episode six uh we do we do them weekly as long as we're around so we spent some time in california we did the podcast then i spent some time up north i didn't podcast then but as long as we're at home in between all the tours uh it'll be a weekly podcast and we talk about everything from society to what's going on in my life and my upcoming music releases and the challenges and that stuff uh, but we get in deep on technology. We get in deep on like philosophy and money and politics, and we try to go. Uh, but at the same time, uh, if I'm being honest, we also get drunk the whole time. So it's kind of a, <laughs> it's kind of a mix of the two. That's fair enough, man. You have, a, have to have yeah, a man. little bit of fun if you're going to talk a little bit of serious subjects here and there. And yeah, if I we try not to get too too dark, but we do, uh, you know, try to talk about some intelligent stuff as well. Yeah, for sure. And if I do make it out to Toronto, I will definitely take up that invitation to be on the show. Please do. Yeah, please do. We'd love to have you. Definitely. If I can make it out that way, try and get booked to like wrestle an event or something, maybe. Yeah, totally. And, and, and the beautiful is, beautiful thing is, once the relationship's in place, you just holler when you're out here. Uh, I mean, I'm easy to find. <laughs> I might be the easiest dude to find out here. So you can uh, send me a message and say, hey, Ily, remember you said I could come on the podcast? And maybe by then I'll have millions and millions of listeners. <laughs> It'll be a really big deal. And then you can come be on my podcast. <laughs> well, that sounds good to me, man. I am, will look forward to it no matter what. <laughs> yeah, or, or maybe we'll have like a thousand listeners that we have right now. And that'll be cool, too. Hey, either way, man, I'm only in the thousands hey. right now, too, so I yeah, understand. Yeah, I get it, man. 100%. 100%. You got, you got to build. You got to build. So That's it, my dude. When did you start a record label? Um, when I signed my record deal with Fontana North in 2015, the way that Fontana North works is you have to create a business 
uh, of which that they're going to sign. They don't just sign like a guy. They want you to have a business name. So in, huh. when they have that discussion with you, they say to you, you can start Illvibe. You can make your business called Illvibe. Or what a lot of our artists do is they start a business called Something Records. That way, as time goes on, you can sign people. You can do collaboration projects with people, and they'll all fall underneath your your distribution deal. And yeah. so, of course, that's a great idea. I'm, I'm entrepreneurial. I like that idea. And so I started Heavy Ox Records, uh, long form, I guess, with Heavy Auxiliary was the uh, was based on. But Heavy Ox Records, essentially, to me, what it is and what it was supposed to be is um, whatever genres we kind of touched our hands in, I, mm-hmm. I really wanted to make really impactful, memorable music. That's, that's kind of the through line to what I, I, what I want us to be. And the different types of sounds that we released in 2017 and now coming up in 2018 and 2019 have really spoken to that. So there's, of course, myself. I'm, I'm 90% of our releases because it's me. Um, and then I signed a guy named Meyer Clarity uh, just recently, but even last year, we put out a joint project together called We Are the Aliens. Did you by chance hear that project, or have you heard I of that project? I did. I did. I was actually going to ask you when you hooked up with Meyer, because that album is sick. Yeah, so Meyer is a fucking genius. I met him when he was 17 or 18 years old. Now he's like 25. Um, I met him as a kid with a mohawk, just like super, like, rapping faster than fucking Twista, like kid from Montreal. And then over the years, he really found himself and became a superstar in his own right. Um, we we made a, uh, We Are the Aliens uh, and put it out almost a year ago. So this time last year, we were putting finishing touches on the album. Um, and it, it's like, the, it's the funnest thing ever. Mm-hmm. The problem is it's a, it, it's, a, it's a really weird project. So it did really well, and I'm really happy with it. Um, but I feel like the world didn't really get a sense of what me and Meyer can do because we put the whole thing through the science fiction lens. You know what I mean? Which was yeah. a blast. Um, but it's hard to get songs on the radio when it's about being an alien having sex with an earth girl. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's just, it's like we immediately built all these barriers into our music because we made this really funny, weird album. And so uh, I'm so proud of it. It's the best thing I've ever made prior to anti-gravity. But that's what's beautiful about AG, about anti-gravity, is because it's Meyer again. He's still behind me and making all the sounds, um, but now it's putting through the lens of Ill Vibe and this brand that I spent years building and this style that I spent years building up. And so I think we found our sweet spot. Um, and what's cool, as a B to that, is now Meyer is about to start dropping music under Heavy Ox Records. He has three EPs coming this year. They're all kind of punk rock meets hip-hop. It's He's the most prolific motherfucker in the world. He has like 24 songs he's about to drop in the next six months. And so, yeah, Meyer's that dude, bro. That is insane. Yeah. Meyer Clarity is like Jack White. For real, he would never say that, but he's one of those guys who's like a once in a lifetime talent. He might be the best producer and the best rapper in the country. And now, granted, I'm thinking I'm the only one saying that yet, but yeah. it's all the more powerful when you start hearing it from other people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When you start hearing it on CBC that Meyer Clarity is the best rapper and producer in the country, I want you to say to the guy next to you, Ilvibe's been telling me that since fucking 2018. <laughs> because he's he's that dude, man. He's the best rapper I've ever met. Every time we've ever rapped together, his verse is better than mine. Every time. For fucking te- almost seven years now. And uh, ever since he started producing for me, it's hard for me to take a beat from someone else. Because a beat from anybody else sounds like a two-dimensional version of what Meyer would have made in four dimensions. So even if it is good, 
they don't they won't do what Meyer will do because what Meyer will yeah. do is take that good beat way through the song he'll remix it you know what I mean mm-hmm. or like during the bridge he'll break it down and add an entirely new drum sequence because Meyer is so prolific and crazy at the same time uh, that he doesn't mind spending an insane number of hours remaking a beat a hundred times the way that most producers don't want to do. And so mm-hmm. he's just this, he's one of those geniuses, dude. And so what happens when you link a genius like that with someone like me, who's got undeniable endless drive is we've now have the makings of a real fucking record label. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's Meyer and I at the helm. Um, and we signed a girl named Megan Nora. She's a singer very like haunting sad love songs is her thing and it's so different than what Meyer and I do me being kind of the pop hip-hop guy him being like the punk rock guy she makes she sings sad love songs but remember the key from the beginning was I just want it to be memorable mm-hmm. and I want it to be impactful and you know sad love songs can be that too and so we now we've been working on her demo her first two or three songs mm-hmm. and what a blast we're having man it's just so it's so fun for the us two weirdos to like step into other genres now and like see what we can cook up over here <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like we already did the alien thing we did my thing we did his thing like what else can we do you know <laughs> for sure you can get in all sorts of different sounds right why not why well, get that's stuck it. in one rut everybody needs a genius producer's help you know and that's not me that's him i'm i'm just a label dude who uh i make good decisions but but myers like he's that dude man and he helped make anti-gravity the best album of my career if i wasn't me and I was a hip-hop fan because I did such a great job of making my own favorite kind of music. And I know I'm kind of talking like a stoner over here because I got a, I got a split-lit. Uh, yeah, okay. Anti-Gravity would be my vote for one of the best Canadian rap albums of all time. I, now, saying that as me, that sounds conceited. And, like, of course he's saying that. Um, but if, you know, if you like the kind of music I like, you know, you like, you know, Dram and CeeLo and Robin Thicke and Justin Timberlake, and you like Pharrell and Calvin Harris, and you like uh, Kendrick I, and you like uh, Outkast and the new Big Boy albums. If you like, if, if what I just said, I just described all your favorite music, this is your favorite album of the year. Because that's, we just went into that, into that universe and we like fucking kicked out the windows and had the time of our lives. Now, if your favorite music is like Mob Deep and uh, like super hardcore East Coast, like lyrical hip hop, you're probably going to hear it and think, oh, this is a little bit soft for me. And that's okay. You know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm not the next Sean Price. That's, that's not my job to take that spot. Yeah. Uh, my job is to take the, the spot of that guy who wants to make that, you know, upbeat, vibed out music. You know, that's, that's my lane. And meanwhile, I'll be there with you at the, at the concert for the next Sean Price, whoever that might be. Mm-hmm. For sure. You know? Well, it's it is. You got to find your style. It's like you actually say right at the beginning of Oklahoma, man, where it's like you tried the hard stuff, but you found it wasn't really for you, right? Man, I'm so glad that you say that because uh, I have a little self-consciousness about one of the lyrics in that song. And it's the part where I say, uh, I, uh, basically I say, I never sold no crack. I'm hardly, I'm hardly rapped. Um, and I feel, I feel, I feel self-conscious about that because of course rap isn't about selling crack. Yeah. And I would, I would hate for, I would hate for anybody to think that that's how I chalk up hip hop. Like it's like, oh, it's a bunch of crack dealers making music. I'm not, I'm, I'm a hip hop head since I was a kid. I'm, but that song is about how disillusioned I am with where hip hop is Mm -hmm. and who I am and, and trying to connect who I am with what I'm seeing 
in all my favorite music videos and what I'm mm-hmm. seeing on the Billboard charts and what I'm seeing at the top of the, of the Spotify playlist. Imagine what it's like for me, bro. So I'm making music. I'm so excited about it. I make Let's Get Rich. I make Oklahoma. I make The Get Up. And I'm so excited about them. And meanwhile, I'm listening to Spotify. And on my favorite playlist, I'm hearing what they're putting in those spots. And it sounds nothing like what I'm making. It's glorified, like, crack dealer anthems. Uh, not, and not only that, but a lot of that. Yeah. And uh, I don't mind listening to it. In fact, when I'm vibing, like, I, I play that shit all the time. But that's not what I make. That's not who I am. That's not my contribution to the world. And so I see that Spotify is mostly playing that. And so I feel very disconnected. Here I am making music in a genre of which I'm like, I'm too classy to be in the genre. And I, I just mean in that uh, I don't want to glorify violence. I don't want to glorify drugs. I don't want to say, like, pass a girl around. When G-Eazy mm-hmm. says pass a girl around, that G-shit, it made it hard for me to listen to G-Eazy. Because I'm that just like, does. that's not, that, to me, that's not G-shit. That's not, that's not how I define G-shit. And so, you know, Oklahoma is really about me feeling like just disconnected from, uh, from what's going on around me. Um, and I'll forever still look for the shit that I, that I do identify with, and there's lots of that. Hmm. Uh, but I can't, help but feel, I can't help but feel a little ways, um, you know, when all of my uh, coveted accolades, the ones that I'm aspiring to, to reach are being reached by people saying things uh, I would never hang out with somebody if they said that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's kind of the same battle that like a tribe called Quest and um, Jurassic Five went through, where like wow, J Five was the truth, bro, for sure. Yeah, man, like where they didn't want to conform to what was popular just by like degrading women and using violence as a way to sell records. Hundred percent. I think you're right, I, I, and that's, that's actually a good a good note. You've given me something uh, to take away because it hadn't occurred to me that this is just the newest cycle of the same problem that other MCs before me have come through. I, I think a lot of the time I, I get in my feelings and I think like I'm the I'm the only dude who uh, who's having this particular problem. Uh, but in fact, you're right. You know, Q-Tip came through some of these same experiences. 15 years ago, mm-hmm. 20 years ago. Definitely. Definitely did. And it's, it's, it is, it's hard cause you're trying to be real, but people are like just trying to get into what's dangerous, what sounds thrilling and all that sort of stuff. But it's, like, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not anti, like I don't, I want, I don't <laughs> want PG hip hop. I'm really pro MCs telling their story. I love Nas shit, man. Nas told a lot of real fucking stories, dude. Um, but again, it's like, it's that's so different than a song where the whole song is about like cooking up crack in the kitchen. I'm cooking up crack in the kitchen. I'm cooking up crack in the kitchen. It's like the song, it's not a story. It's just about cooking up crack in the kitchen. <laughs> and, and not even coming from a judgmental place because I, uh, I, I've been a local music video director for years as a yeah. kind of a side hustle. And in, and in that role, I can't tell you how many times I went into a kitchen where a dude's friend was cooking up crack or we shot a version of that in a video or, and like, I see it and I get it. Okay. I get it, but I don't identify with it. And if, and if you were to follow, if we were to sit right down every time a song, you know, does a million units in hip hop, uh, how often is that song saying something violent, homophobic, uh, sexist or pro 
hard drugs, and it would be like ninety percent of those songs. And so that's tough, you know. Mm-hmm. That's as, as as somebody who I I really uh, define myself by being anti those things. You know, I have great gay friends and trans friends. I have uh, some of my favorite people and leaders, and neither women. And so it's like, yeah, no, pass around your girl isn't like, to me. This makes me want to dance. And it's fine that he, like, I could watch a movie or listen to a song where somebody's like talking about like hard shit. But again, we like if it's the radio signal, but it's on the radio, they're just repeating that over and over. It really feels to me like that's something that I can't really relate to. And so I found myself not listening to it. And I mean, you heard the album. My shit isn't like cheesy positive. I'm not. I'm not out here trying to make like don't do drug songs. Uh, my records are about getting lit. My records are about it's all that stuff. It's not about stabbing people, <laughs> raping people, or robbing people. That's like, I just try not to be a really horrible human being. That's And that's kind of been always been my line. Um, and that long and dry intro, uh, I would highly recommend anybody to give my song Oklahoma a try. It's the lead song for my album, Anti-Gravity. It's kind of about all this stuff uh, and put through a song to make you want to dance. It definitely does make you want to dance. Ah, oh, but that's it's it is it's good that you want to like pave your own way and everything else because I also enjoy when people want to tell their story because just like you, I'm a big like 36 Chambers of Death fan. Totally, yeah. Huge into that stuff, full into it, like when it's real. But some of these people are just relying solely on it, and you can't just do that. And, and, and there's there's a difference. Wu Tang's can it be? It was also simple then. It just yep. like talks about murder and talks about all of the. It doesn't get any harder than the shit they talk about in that song. Um, but at the same, but then you flip it, and then you've got some of these uh, artists who, in a radio interview, they'll say something like, "You know, I hope someone comes and shoots me. Like I hope, like someone try to test my gangster." And it's like, that's not poetry, bro. You're really putting out in the universe that that's how a man should behave. Like, yeah. And and again, I'm not trying. This isn't about getting on a high horse. This is about, like, to me, these are bare minimums. Imagine there was somebody in your apartment building or in your company who behaved that way. They said to you, I hope someone comes up in here and shoots me. You'd be like, this motherfucker is crazy. This motherfucker is crazy. I'm, I am not sitting next to this dude at work. I am not sitting next to this motherfucker. And meanwhile, it's like, I'm, uh, we have entertainers that speak that way and pay them really highly. And my, my whole take has been, once you get into the music business, once you get into the thick of it all, what you realize is there's hella people making hit music who aren't horrible human beings. You know what I mean? And so Definitely. you don't have to, you don't have to go to all the way to like Will Smith. Like I don't rap. I don't, I don't swear when I rap style shit. Like, you know, there's rap groups in, in every city, uh, that are making turn up litty fucking wild ass music, but the hook is to stab somebody that's somebody <laughs> you know you know what i mean and so uh that's that's the shit that i'm a rep um when i hit the road that's who i try to have rock with me in every city um and that's what my album is about man we really have had a lot of fun with it i think life is great you know uh mm. and so we wanted to make some life is great music we even have a song about your catching your girl cheating on you uh and it still has like a has some soul in it because life is still great you know what i mean yeah Without a doubt, it's it. It's like you got to see the beauty in a situation, even if some things aren't going your way. Exactly, bro. And exactly. It's it. it's like, and I put that. And I, and I put that into music. I try to have. I try to have every song really feel like a moment and really be relatable, and ultimately uh, leave you with a smile on your face. 
Well, once again, it also goes back to the fact that, like, you're trying to make fans and you're trying not to just put out something that's going to be a fad and then pass on. Is yeah. it's you're actually trying that's to it. make music that connects with the people who are listening to it. That's what it is, man. Anti Gravity, for me, is the closest I've ever been to that. Uh, it comes out April 20th. Um, I think from, from when we're recording this right now, geez, we're getting really, really close, dude. It's like yep. a little bit over a week away. I think we're a week and a day away. Yep. Um, you know, over here we're planning music videos and lyric videos. Uh, we've got the show in Toronto on April 20th. Uh, Dio Gibson will be joining me. Maya Clarity will be joining me. Uh, Jenna Nation will be there to do Let's Get Rich with me. I now have a full band. I've got a sax player, a keyboard I player, bass, that. guitar, drums. Uh, the guys playing Grown Ass Man is amazing. So we do a whole new set. It's like it's so fun to be starting on, on a fresh foot because it's a whole new set doing the new album, which is the biggest songs of my career, with a full band, mm-hmm. uh, and for one night only, have a bunch of the features from the album all in the room to come up with kind of the one verse or the or the hook. It's really like some SNL shit, and so I'm really excited. Uh, it's going to be a packed show. I'm it looks, looking like we're going to be sold out, and uh, it's like, how, how could you be happier than that, man? I got a sold out show in a week where we're going to dance and sing all my new favorite songs. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, that's the shit the dreams are made of, bro. Definitely, definitely, without a doubt. I also saw, besides the fact that you have a band, that you're also donating all proceeds from the show to women's shelters. Why did you end up deciding to do that? Well, listen, we do. I do a fair bit of charity stuff. My yeah. last EP, we gave all we gave all the uh, money to a water charity. I'm still waiting for that to come to fruition, but we uh, we raised the money for a water charity. Um, and I'll be really honest. What happened is one of the owners of the venue of the show. Uh, has been accused of something pretty bad. Uh, it's essentially a sexual assault situation. I, I, don't, I have no information about the situation. I only know that there was an accusation that was in the newspaper. Uh, so I, I had two options. One is cancel the show or move the show. Uh, or two, uh, what I opted to do, because I couldn't find a better venue, uh, is to give all the proceeds to a women's shelter so that if we're going to raise some money, uh, and, it, and if he's guilty, and I don't know if he is, um, I felt best to to give all that all the money to a charity uh, that kind of matched that. So we chose a group called Sistering. They're a local women's shelter. They help uh, battered women who are coming out of abusive situations, I believe. And so it's just like, hey, you know, if we're going to raise a bunch of money, uh, they certainly need it more than me. And it just it felt like I had a little bit of a stink on it. I'm such a positive guy. We, you know, we talked about all we just said about Oklahoma. And then, so when that accusation surfaced, it just felt like that was the, that was the best move uh, if we were going to follow through and still do the show. Um, and that's again, you know, I'm not saying he's guilty or innocent. I don't, I don't know anything about it. Uh, but I just felt, you know, controlling what we can control, mm-hmm. that was the best move. It probably is. It's you, you, you know, you have no idea what happened or what didn't happen. So you're totally. just you're protecting your brand, which is the smartest decision for you. Yeah, and it's and, and part of it is protecting the brand, and part of it is just like, how does it feel? Because you know, when I'm if I'm up there dancing to Oklahoma. And meanwhile, there's anybody being like, you shouldn't be doing that. It just ruins the vibe for me. And I don't need the money that bad. You know, I make my money other ways. And so I thought, uh, you know, let's, let's donate this money to a cause that's really great and to kind of offset some of the negative karma uh, and really, and you know, there's no questions asked. And what's cool is one of the opening acts who also has a clothing line, he said he'll, he'll donate all the proceeds from his merch sales that night to the charity. And we're going to have a big charity bucket. And so we turn in a negative into a positive because we're going to raise even more money for the charity than I would have ever made. And that's a win-win situation right there. That is 
awesome. Yeah. That's solid situation all around. As someone who has... Well, you gotta, that's what you got to do, bro. As someone who has been involved with women's charities in the past, man, I, I really respect that. Well, I appreciate that very, very much. We're just trying to do uh, the best we can. And then, hey, it all ties together, right? Just like you said about the legacy. It doesn't matter if you made hits, if you, uh, you know, steamrolled some people along the way. So I always tried to, I call it being a world-class human. And what that means is being successful in whatever lane you're in and making money and making connections, Mm -hmm. but also contributing to that lane and building up that lane at the same time and building up the world that you're in at the same time. Uh, and so that's that's really what my philosophy is. Well, exactly, man. There's already enough snakes out in the world that you that's got it, you gotta take the poison out of the well and try and give some people some good drinking water. I like it, man. I like the metaphor. Metaphor game strong. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. All right, man. <laughs> well, I should probably get you to your own podcast soon. So thank you before... very, very much. Yeah, I got a guest coming in a couple of minutes, but thank you. It was a great conversation. All right. So before I ask my last question, where can the listeners find you? Man, I'm the easiest person to find. I'm like Waldo on page one. Uh, Ill vibe on every social media platform. Um, Damage goods pod, all one word on every social media platform. And in your in any podcast app, uh, send me a message, holler at me. Let let me know you listen to this interview, and then uh, let's be friends. I'm easy to find. And by the way, if you listen to music, all my music's on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, Pandora, everywhere music is at. Go listen. Awesome. All right. Last question. Somewhere out there, there's a 13 year old kid wondering if he can make it in the rap game. What do you have to say to him or her? All right. Uh, here's what I have to say. Before I even hear you rap, this is what I always tell them. Before I even hear you rap, that way you know it's honest because it's not about how good a rapper you are or aren't. Uh, it's one of the hardest things to do, it's one of the most saturated businesses in the world. You are li- going to have to live and breathe. You're going to have to sacrifice everything. You're going to have to practice and put in 10,000 hours. You're going to have to write 1,000 songs. You're going to have to go on tour for free and pay to be on tour to cover your costs just to learn how to tour. It's crazy. It's like it's, you know, it's one of those businesses where it's going to chew you up and spit you out. Um, but if that sounds awesome, <laughs> if that sounds like that's the greatest life in the world, then yeah, fucking do it. But if you're thinking it's going to look like uh, a rap video, um, just quick reality check that it's a little bit more like uh, a documentary about a broke stand-up comedian than it is like a Jay-Z documentary. And so if that sounds awesome, then I can't wait to see you out there um, and, and ask me for advice and come say what up. I love to work with young artists. And if that doesn't sound awesome, then maybe music is a hobby and not a profession. All right. Awesome. Great answer. Thank you for joining me so much today, Illy. No problem. That was really great. Thank you very, very much for having me and uh, giving me some of your time and attention. Uh, And I can't wait to uh, chat with you again, maybe. All right. Awesome. Sounds good to me. All right, you guys. It's about that time that we give a huge Desert Tiger fam thank you to Illvibe for joining me here on episode 32 This has got to be one of the favorite conversations, one of the favorite interviews I have had the opportunity to do since I have started Desert Tiger, so this only inspires me to keep on pushing. 
Ill Vibe is very inspiring, and I hope you guys enjoyed my conversation with him. And I definitely hope that you go and check out his new album, Anti-Gravity. It is available everywhere today if you are listening to this album for 20. If you are listening to this album after 420, what are you waiting for? It's already out. Get on it. All right, you guys, I also need to give a big thank you to you guys, the listeners, once again for tuning in to this episode of the podcast. You guys are killing it as always, especially lately. You guys are blowing us up. I love it. Thank you so freaking much. Hit that subscribe button. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't be afraid to share. That would help us out very much. If you want to support the show, you can also support our sponsors, as that is great. And I also have to take this moment to also thank Serena from Strut Entertainment for helping set this interview up. I am extremely thankful for your willingness to work with me, Serena. And you are a class act, and I hope that we can work together again sometime in the future. All right, you guys, it's about that time that I let you free. I need to go smoke one myself, of course. So we need to lead things off with a quote to give you a little bit of motivation, a little bit of inspiration, a little bit of fire and desire leading you from this Friday into your weekend and on and beyond. So this is a quote from Robin S. Sharma. Leadership is not about a title or a designation. It's an impact. Influence and inspiration. Impact involves getting results. Influence is about spreading the passion you have for your work and you have to inspire teammates and customers. All right, you guys, I got a pre-roll waiting for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next week, peace out.